standing. It's really quiet. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for getting so quiet so early. It's more than is expected or required of you. Please stand as we sing.
Good morning. How's everybody doing? Any, anybody tired? I am. I'm tired. I'm tired. I want to welcome you to Northside Baptist Church. We're so thankful that you are here with us this morning. If this is your first time, welcome. We are thrilled to have you, honored to have you, blessed to have you. Uh, we would like to know a little bit more about you and who you are. And so inside the bulletin is a place for you to fill out some information. You can also uh, let us know how we can be praying for you, your family, something that's going on in your life. Uh, you can put that in uh, that little box that's right outside uh, the door on your way out. Uh, this morning's going to be a little bit different. We did just get back from camp, um, and so it was a lot of fun. We had a blast. We want to share a little bit uh, of that with you, and so that's what we're going to do this morning. I'm not going to necessarily preach. No amens on that. Thank you very much. Appreciate, appreciate that. Um, so uh, what we're going to do is BJ's going to share a little bit about camp. I'm going to share a little bit. And we have a couple students who are going to share a little bit about their week and, and what God did. Uh, it's always been important for me, uh, as someone who was a student pastor years ago and who took uh, some students to camp the last two years in my previous church, is to come back and let you see a little bit, hear a little bit of, of what that week looked like. And so uh, we're going to do that. Um, let me give you just some announcements up front. Some things that I want to draw your attention to. Notice, first of all, that upward evaluations are going to be held on August 8th and 15th. There's a time change there, so you need to be aware of that. That's from 9 to 12. Is that correct? So it says 10 to 12, but because we're trying to spread people out, um, just being extra cautious during this COVID time, it's actually going to be from 9 to 12. NBC's got talent. Man, we're, going to, we're going to do that next Sunday night. Uh, we gather to worship anyway, so I think it, we can do that safely. And I'm looking forward to that. I've watched some videos from previous years. Um, and so I'm excited about that. And so that's next Sunday night at 6 o'clock. So you want to uh, make note of that. There's an announcement about Awana. Um, the plan is to, to start Awana. We may start a week or two later than normal uh, just because it, it may look a little bit different. And so we're going to have to kind of talk through that and hammer out the details. But, but we'll get you some more information about that. And I did want to speak... Um, to one more thing, and that is our deacon nominations. This has been in the bulletin. I sent out a video um, earlier in the week. You have a couple opportunities to vote this morning. You've already missed one window. That was before Sunday school. But right after church, if you haven't voted yet, you have up until 1230 to vote. And those of our families who are watching online, you can come tonight from 4 to 5. Uh, if you didn't see that video, our church members, and you don't even have to get out of your car. You can just pull up, and we'll have a deacon there uh, to help you with that and to keep you as safe as possible. Now, I did just want to, to speak. If you've looked over this list and you thought there's not as many names this year as there has been in the past, why? What changed? So what we did this year is we went to each of our eligible men, and we just asked them, are you willing and are you able to serve? And from that, we got the list of men that you see who responded to us, yes, I'm willing, yes, I'm able. Because what we've had in previous years is some men's names would get left on there, and then you would cast votes, and they would receive some votes, and then something would happen and they couldn't serve, or they just forgot to take their name off. And so, so we went to each of the men in our church, and so that's the names that you see of those men who said, yes, I'm willing, and yes, I'm able. And we want to encourage you to vote. As a member, that's your right, that's your responsibility, but we want you to pray through that as well. So be responsible um, in that, but I just wanted to, to address that. If maybe you were wondering, hey, why is the list a little bit shorter uh, this year? So let me pray for us, and then we're going to sing a couple more hymns together, and then I'm going to turn it over to Pastor BJ. Let's pray. Oh God, our Father, our Lord and Savior. How good it is to come into your house, to sing your praises. 
God, I just want to thank you and praise you for an amazing God, a week of camp. And Lord, as we share a little bit about that this morning, Lord, I just pray that you would use that to, Lord, just encourage us, encourage us as the body of Christ here at Northside, and encourage us. And Lord, help us just to continue to love on these students and to shepherd their hearts and to lead them well. Lord, God, you are a God who is present with us. You are a sovereign God, a powerful God. And we do pray that you would give us, God, clean hands and a pure heart. Lord, that we would be a people, God, who love you and who pursue you, not just while we're at camp, but every single day of our life. Lord, we we just come before you, God, lifting up our church. Lord, specifically this morning, I just want to lift up our teachers God, our, those in leadership of our schools. Lord, I have felt the weight personally, God, of, of leading a church of 100-plus people. Lord, I can't imagine the weight of being a superintendent, Lord, being on a school board where you have thousands and thousands of students and families, and no matter what decisions they make, there will be some people who are not happy nor pleased with that. So, God, I just pray for them. Lord, I pray for our our teachers who we're going to have to teach and it's going to look different for a little while. For our students, God, who have already been away from from school and their peers for so long, and it looks like for many of them it's still going to be a little bit longer. Lord, we just pray, God, for your healing in our land. Well, not only as it relates to the coronavirus, but Lord, just the division and the hatred and the animosity. Lord Jesus, as we were reminded of at camp over and over, you are the living hope. You are our only hope. And we ought to be a people who are pointing lost people to the hope that is Jesus Christ, the only hope, not only for this virus, but for anything that they will face in their life. So, Lord, help us as we just continue to praise you. Give us ears that will hear today and a heart that will respond. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand? Let's continue to worship together. Serve the Lord with gladness. Let's sing it together. Serve the Lord with gladness in our works and ways. Come before his presence with our songs of praise. Unto him, our maker, we would pledge anew life's supreme devotion to service true. Serve him with gladness, enter his courts with song. To our Creator, true praises belong. Great is His mercy, wonderful is His name. We gladly serve Him, His great love proclaim. Serve the Lord with gladness, thankful all the while. For His tender mercies, for His loving smile. Blessed truth enduring, always just the same. We will serve with gladness and praise his name. Serve him with gladness, enter his courts with song. To our creator, true praises belong. Great is his mercy, wonderful is his name. We gladly serve him, his great love proclaim. Serve the Lord with gladness, this shall be our theme. As we walk together in his love supreme, listening, ever listening for the still small voice, his sweet will so precious will be our choice. Serve him with gladness, enter his courts with song. To our creator, true praises belong. Great is his mercy, wonderful is his name. We gladly serve him, his great love proclaim. When we all get to heaven, we're all looking forward to that, aren't we? 
Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. While we walk the pilgrim pathway, clouds will overspread the sky. But when traveling days are over, not a shadow, not a sigh. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Let us then be true and faithful, trusting, serving every day. Just one glimpse of him in glory will the toils of life repay. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Onward to the prize before us, soon his beauty will behold. We shall tread the streets of gold when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. We'll sing and shout the victory. I love watching Miss Ann play the piano over there. She just, she just, <laughs> just, just worshiping at the, at the ivories there. That's just, it's fascinating. So thank you. Um, as we gather this morning, we do want to, I want to just talk about camp. And so you hear my voice. Well, there's a lot of shouting in part because I was a little bit scared, in part because some of the kids needed me to shout. And so that's my, my, my voice this morning. But I do want to say thank you um, as, a, as a church for letting us do these kinds of things. Um, so, uh, but, but also thank you for Aaron uh, going with us and Morgan Runyons, Brian and Alexa Lucas, um, and, and, and going as, as chaperones. Um, and you asked if anybody was tired and I just couldn't raise my hand. I, mean, I wanted to, but um, yeah, it was, they said lights out at midnight, but don't know that we were successful. Um, and then waking up about, about 6.30 every morning after running around, but it was a good week. Um, I also thank you to Jim Heastan and, and Choa for letting us borrow the trailer and the lights are all working on it just fine. At least they were when we left and still when we got back. But um, I'm going to, I'm going to share a, a little bit, um, a little bit more later on. We'll talk about the camp history, how we chose this particular camp, or, or how, you know how I found it, and, and um, there's a lot that went in that you can look at and just say, well, man, there was an awful lot of circumstances that that fell right into place, or you could say, wow, God's hand of provision was on this place in this process, and that's what I tend to believe, and I'll share some of that here in just a moment, but. Before I do, I want you to hear from a couple of the teenagers who were with us this past week and what they have to share. And so I didn't ask them which one they wanted to go first, but I just think ladies should go first. So Isabella, oh, you're saying no. She's saying flat no. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then Micah, if you'll come on up and uh, maybe people look past your hair. So, um, I was 
kind of forcing you to not really, but um, so one of the main points that I kept hearing over and over in our Bible studies and in the worship uh, services was trust and faith in our Lord and Savior. And so I'm going to share briefly on that. And um, one of the scriptures I have for that would be Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about everything, but in, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And so... Um, we, we show faith and trust in our Savior through prayer and through reading our scriptures. And um, so with the trust, I have an example for our, one of our recreations was called the three-man swing. And we would sit in this. And so you'd sit, you got harnessed in and you buckled up to this bar and you had a swing that was sitting under you like a playground swing and then they'd pull you up to this pole and um, I think we have another video a close up You see that, and there's there's really a lot of trust that goes into play with that harness and the bar. And you see, Grayson was trying to pull it, and he he yanked on it, and it was like, what? It's not going. And I was when I did it, I was the guy that was yanking, and I yanked the first time, and it didn't go. My trust just like plummet. I was like, oh no, we're not, gonna, <laughs> we're not gonna be able to do this. And then I remembered something that the guy on the ground said. You, you had to punch up and pull. Whoa! And I, and I fell. <laughs> And then I was like, so in our lives, we, we have so many distractions, and we have to refer back to Scripture and prayer and our Lord and Savior and remember, oh, this is how I'm supposed to get through this through God. And so um, it was just it was helpful for me because I know I need to get back into Scripture and to improve my prayer life through that. And so, um, yeah, that's it. Thank you, Micah. All right, Bella. So um, one of the main things I took from camp, Ms. Micah was talking about um, trust and faith. Um, a lot of the things that I heard from the sermons and the share groups were that you have to fight with faith in your Christian life, and you can't give up. Um, one of the sermons was about how when you um, get saved, yes, you can't lose your salvation if you're truly saved, but you have to continue to seek God through your salvation. You can't just give up at any point. You have to keep fighting. Um, so one of my examples of faith, we went whitewater rafting, um, and there were a lot of obstacles, one of which I fell off on. <laughs> and um, so you have to fight it with faith. You can't just give up. And sometimes in your Christian life, it can be harder because when you're sharing the gospel and witnessing to people, you never know what they will say or do. So you can't give up. You have to keep trying. One of my favorite verses is Philippians 4.13, for I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Um, when you fight with faith and have the Lord with you, um, you will win the battle. And so you just have to keep fighting. Um, God won't give us anything we can't get through, but he will give us obstacles to test our faith. So you have to keep um, moving on and moving forward. Um, so it will get harder. It's not always easy in your Christian life, but you have to keep fighting and you can't give up. And I want to say thank you to all our chaperones, Pastor Aaron and Pastor BJ, um, and everybody who chipped in for letting us um, get to have this experience. I had a really good time, and it was fun. And so thank you to everybody who chipped in and helped us go. Thank you guys for sharing. Um, I think both of them mentioned faith and, and trust and that the Christian life is not 
easy. Um, God never called us to a life of, of comfort. Um, and so, uh, man, just uh, thank you guys again for, for sharing that. And uh, I do want to share a little bit about the history of the camp. So it's called Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters. Um, it's a high adventure camp, the recreations. As, as you saw, that was just one example there, the uh, three-man swing. There's rock climbing, whitewater rafting. There's something called, I'm a youth pastor, I'll say it, it's called the poopy pole, okay? That's, that's what it's called. I'm just, you know, just saying it like it is. Um, it's, it's a big light pole you have to climb up. There's nothing up there. There's no, and once you get to the top, there's no rails to hang on to. You stand on top of this light pole and jump off and grab a trapeze. If you don't, then, well, those that didn't are, well, we, we're, we're still here. We're actually still here. Um, but uh, you're, you're harnessed in. But there's just a lot of things that push you and, and test you. And um, I'll address some of those again in a moment. But the camp history, um, the camp pastor's name is, is Brody, and his wife's name is Little. That's not a nickname. That's her name, Little. So Brody and Little Holloway, they have chickens on their place as well. I don't know. He refers to his place as the Taj Mahalloway. So, um Maybe there's one down here in Georgia also. <clears throat> but anyway, um, they, were, they had taken a group of kids to, to camp before, and what they were discovering, so this is you know, 25 years or so ago, is that camps either did a pretty good job with recreation and not so good on teaching, or a or, or, or good job on teaching, but they were so boring that nobody wanted to go, and they, they thought, we can do better. And so Little's grandmother had purchased 100 acres in North Carolina mountains, um, some, some years ago. And so they, uh, they approached her and, and uh, talked about what she was going to do with the, the 100 acres and said she just started crying and said, I've waited 30 years for the Lord to show me why I bought that property. And so um, there on this, this 100 acres or so is, is where the camp is. And the camp is 25 years old. And they do a great job in teaching God's word and, and, and doctrine um, and just some spiritual truth. Uh, we, we spent some time in Romans chapter 8 this week. We, uh, we looked at creation. We looked at some practical things, making wise decisions. I think Pastor Aaron's going to uh, share some of that uh, with you a little bit later. Um, they, we talked about eternal security. Uh, I, I went up afterwards, the pastor that was sharing on eternal security um, I told him how solid that was, his teaching. I, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, we don't lose our salvation. And I said, but you know, you started off saying there are some doctrines that separate us as, as Christians. We have some doctrines that are a little different. And then you started talking about eternal security. And, and, and I just, I tell you, I was squirming. And he laughed. He said, yeah, I did that on purpose. Um, he said, I love seeing you guys... Uh, it, it gets your attention, but some really difficult or, or challenging yet encouraging truths that were shared. I just want to share a little bit from Romans 8, uh, Romans 8, 12 through 17. And so uh, if you have your Bibles and want to want to turn there, I'm, I'm going to read that scripture first and then uh, share just a, a few highlights from that. Romans 8, 12 through 17 so then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh, because if you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children, and if children also heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. Lord, thank you for your word and how you have preserved it throughout the generations. Speak through it today and may we listen and be changed in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a few thoughts here. First of all, the camp pastor said this and I thought it was a good quote. Too many Christians have no fight in them when it comes to sin. There are a lot of Christians that fight about all kinds of things, 
But when it comes to personal integrity and, and sin in our own lives, we're happy and content to just kind of manage it a little bit rather than fight against it. But verse 13 is very clear here. We are to put sin to death. Or, as the great theologian Barney Fife says, nip it in the bud. <laughs> I'm glad that there was a little one that understood that reference to Barney Fife. Good job, Philip and Liz. And we are to look to the gospel. So many times, and, and, and I've heard our convention president say this, that the, we, we, we think that the gospel is the diving board into Christianity when really it's the deep end in which we are to swim. Uh, the, the gospel is where we go. Because as our camp pastor said, when we look to the gospel, what it does is it exposes and attacks sin. Jesus Christ came and died on the cross. And when we think of that, we see our sin, we see our sinfulness, and it exposes and attacks sins. But it also, it, it, it cuts sin off at the root and then should drive us to gratitude. Thank you, God, for what you've done for me through the power of Jesus Christ and his blood. But also, um, we, the gospel doesn't live in self-pity. Oh, woe is me for my sin. Once you get to that point, you continue to look at the cross and the resurrection to see that you're not defined by your sin any longer. For there is no for, there's therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And it reminds us, it reminds me that Jesus paid my debt, so I'm free from the grip of sin. And so when we look to the gospel, it helps us to understand how we can fight against sin. And uh, let me share this quote. So if, you, if you've taken notes, you just want to write this down, this name, John Owen. Uh, John Owen, this is, this is his quote. He says, uh, speaking of the Christian Oh, wait, I forgot I'm not hooked up to a microphone. Speaking of the Christian who continues to live in sin, uh, not that we don't make mistakes, but the Christian who lives in sin, understands he's living in sin, and continues to be happy and content to live in that sin, uh, what does that do? What does that, what is that really say? And he says this, What have I done? What love, what mercy, what blood, what grace have I despised and trampled on? Is this the return I make to the Father for his love? To the Son for His blood, to the Holy Ghost, to the Holy Ghost for His grace, do I thus requite the Lord? Have I defiled the heart that Christ died to wash, that the blessed Spirit has chosen to dwell in? And He goes on and on. But when I continue in my sin, what am I saying to my Savior who died to free me from that sin? The chains that are broken, do I go back and say? Put me back in these chains so that I may be a slave to sin again. It was just a, it was just a powerful teaching uh, for, for me in, in that this, this week. We are to repent and put sin to death. But the other thing that I want to share, this is, this is just kind of my, my last word here, um, just for our teenagers, for our teenagers, um, I think we as Parents, we as church members, we need to raise the bar. Um, I don't know if that's what every teenager wants to hear, but I know this week some of the kids were, were looking, they, they, you know, their, their schedules came out. I won't say they were looking forward to it, but they were curious about uh, their class schedules. And some of our teenagers take, I don't know, AP, American Literature, and uh, advanced physics and calculus and we challenge their minds and they can do these wonderful amazing things and we ought to challenge them spiritually as well and theologically and doctrinally because they can handle it we raise the bar if we keep the bar low and they clear it we're good but let's raise the bar and challenge and see that they don't meet that challenge I saw that in a in a physical sense as well this week there were many who looked up at that pole or looked up at that swing and, or looked up at these difficult things or looked at the river and said, I don't think so. And then sometimes, you know, we tell them, 
Don't listen to peer pressure, but if peer pressure is pushing you to a challenge and to something good, that can be a good thing. And, and a lot of them, even with tears, accomplish something that they may never have on their own. And that was a good feeling. It was a good feeling. I saw one of our, one of our I won't call him out, um, I, you know, I won't share his initials or anything, but his name was Grayson Ingram. Um, <laughs> one of our athletic guys, you know, big, strong guy, he got to the top of that pole, and I know his brain was saying, stand up, but his body was saying, no, and you could see there was a fight going on. You could see there was a fight going on, but can I tell you, he did it. He did. It took him a while, but he did it, and that was, to me, was just phenomenal. And in our spiritual life, our brain sometimes says one thing, our heart says one thing, our body says something else. There's a fight that's going on, and we have to fight and contend for our, our faith. Um, prepare your child for the road, and not the road for your child. Um, life is not always easy, and if we always make it easy for them as they grow up, then they will come, become accustomed to that. And the truth is we won't always be there to, to, to make it easy for them. Um, and so we don't set up our children for failure, but we can certainly set them up for wonderful success. And if they fail while we're there, we can build them up to try again. And so don't prepare a child for the road. Oh, excuse me. Do prepare your child for the road, not the road for your child. There's a, a book that I have suggested for teenagers to read. It's called Do Hard Things. Um, and in this, here's a, a quote. says, the teen years are not a vacation from responsibility. They are the training ground of future leaders who dare to be responsible now. And we are challenged from Deuteronomy 6. Perhaps you're familiar with this. But God says, listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your city gates. There's a lot here. I'm not going to preach a sermon from this passage, but this is an active, active idea of what it means to be a parent. We walk with our children. We teach them these things. We don't we don't just pawn this off on someone else. Um, and and I, I, I love a quote that I heard. Parent is a verb. We, we're active in our, in our faith. We're active in our child's faith. And we pass those on. Um, I was so excited about the camp this year. How there was a lot of challenge. How there was a lot of encouragement. There were some good conversations that, that happened on a, on a very spiritual level. Um, and somebody asked me, are we doing this again next year? Um, in my mind, and unless someone can point me to a reason not to, I, I, I think we're going to go back to the same camp next year. Um, and oh, by the way, they also have men's conferences, women's conferences, marriage conferences. And so if you too think, man, I'd like to try that three-man swing, we might have an opportunity for you. Um, but again, thank you so much for allowing this and praying for our children, continue to pray for them. It's hard. It's hard to be a teenager. And we need to support them and encourage them in their faith. Okay. So, man, it was an incredible week, and I just want to share a little bit uh, about that um, as well. There were some high points, a lot of high points, from the preaching, uh, man, just the way they challenged. We have to do it again, and it was hot, and Alexa can testify. I did not feel well afterwards, and I had to go lay down. So that was a low point, but I did it, and uh, I'll never, ever, ever do it again. So um, the whitewater rafting, the ropes course, that was fun, not the three-man swing, and I did not even get anywhere near the poopy pole, so I did not even try that out. Um, so one of, one of the highlights for me, though, was the preaching. I mean, the first night, they start talking about the sovereignty of God. And, like, that's a hard topic that sometimes it's hard for even adults to talk about. But here they are challenging our students. One saved, always saved. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So they challenge them. 
But then they also had breakout sessions, which were so applicable and so helpful. And so that's what I want to kind of give, give you all is one of these breakout sessions. And so if you had a student that went, maybe they took notes, um, maybe they did not. You may want to write these, these four things that I'm going to give you down. And I want to encourage you to engage those students who went in a conversation about these things. It begins to model this one particular area for them. And if you don't have a student that went to camp or you don't have a student period, write these things down. I found this to be so helpful um, in, in our life. And so I want to read from Ephesians chapter 4 just to kind of give you just a little bit of, of context because this is one of the verses they referenced in this session. This particular breakout was about making wise choices. Making wise choices. And again, I find it so helpful, so I'm going to share a little bit of this with you. Um, and, then, and then I'll pray, and then we're just going to sing one more song together. So Ephesians chapter 4, beginning of verse 22, it says, To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So we see that we are to put off our old self and to put on our new self. That there is a change that takes place when we give our lives to Christ. That we go from this old man to this new man, from dead to alive. I don't know about you, but I don't like change. Can anybody relate to that? Raise your hand if you don't like change. Anybody in here? All right. So the first night we go into worship and it was a God thing that they were given this massive building off-site. We had to drive about five minutes every day. But it could house easily, I think I heard them say, 2,000 students. And there was probably 650 of us total in there. So, I mean, we were spaced out. And, and the first night, we sat right in the middle underneath this massive fan. I mean, huge. I actually got cold in there. It was so big. And I love where we were sitting. We go in Wednesday morning, and they moved us. To the very front, I'm like some of you who sit in the back. I'm a back, back row Baptist kind of guy. Now here we are in the very front. We're not under this fan, and I didn't even want to go up there. I didn't like change. I wanted to go back to where I was sitting the first night. But they want to give some people the opportunity to sit up front, and so I understood why they do it. But I don't like change. And yet here from Ephesians 4, it is clear there is a change that takes place in our life when we give our lives to Christ. We go from this old self to this new self, and this affects every area of our life, including how we make decisions. One of the coolest things about camp, we got to do Friday night at 10.30 p.m., because again, they're trying to space everybody out. It was around 10 p.m. when we got to do it. And we walked up some steps, and there is this a chapel. They called it Slow Underground. It was a prayer chapel. And, and they want your students to go in there. You take your shoes off before you go in. You spend 30 minutes in there, and they want no talking. They just want you to pray. But what was really cool about it is they had different areas set up for you to walk through and pray through. So you could, you could write a letter to a missionary. One area was about foster care and how you could pray through, and you could read some stuff on foster care. One was on the deaf ministry and how one of the unreached people groups are, are deaf people. And how hard it is to reach them and how few deaf people can actually hear the gospel in a way that they can hear it and understand it and, and learn it. And so it was all these areas, but one area was devoted to technology. And then all this stuff on the, on the wall, and man, it, it hit me. So I just want to share some stats with you. The average teenager consumes seven hours of screen time a day. Seven hours of screen time a day adds up to 114 full days of screen time total each year. That's 31% of your year spent on a screen. That is mind-blowing when you see it that way. The average American teen sends an average of 45 texts a day, checks social media over 100 times a day, sends an average of 10 snaps an hour. If you don't know what snaps are, I don't really either, so join the, the party there. Deletes a picture on Instagram when it doesn't get a certain number of likes. And then it said this, if most Americans substituted their screen time for Bible reading, they would read through the entire Bible in 10 days or less. That's just one example of the decisions, right, that we make, how important they are. And so he gave four steps, four steps to help our students think through the decisions they make, right? Uh, who should I date? 
what should I watch on TV? What should I listen to? And so this was really helpful, and I want to encourage you to write these four things down um, and just to begin to think about them, but then to put them in practice. So the first thing he said is to think, is to think. Is this mentioned in the Word of God? Right? Is it, is, does the Word of God say anything about the program that I'm about to watch? That what I'm about to see on TV, well, no, the Bible probably doesn't mention this TV show by name, but the Bible does speak to certain areas, right? The Bible clearly speaks to sexual immorality. So is there anything in this program, right, that would dishonor God, that doesn't glorify Him? So in the decisions that we make, right, to stop and think. So parents, I want to encourage you, especially if you have students. This is something I'm going to try to implement uh, in Lane and Malachi's life is is to let them see, if you and your spouse have a decision to make, to let them see maybe the kind of process that you walk through to help them be able to make decisions. So it starts by thinking. So often we act with impulse. We don't think. But just to begin to think through, why am I doing this? Does this glorify God? So think. Is this mentioned in the Word? Second, seek wise counsel. Seek wise counsel. Right? You and I need perspective. We may, we may look at something, right, and we have tunnel vision, or we have blinders on, and so we don't see clearly, and so what we need is somebody else to come into our life and to say, hey, you need to think about this. You need to, to make a different decision. This doesn't glorify or honor God, so seek wise counsel. So think, is this particular thing mentioned in God's Word? What does God's Word have to say about that? That's why it's so important that you get in the Word of God. If you're not in the Word of God, then you're not going to have a clue what the Word says about anything. So be in the Word, think through it, then seek wise counsel. You need perspective. Third, pay attention to your desires and values. Pay attention to your desires and values. I love love this question he asked. Is your desire to be entertained greater than than your desire for godliness. That was a gut punch. I mean, is your desire to be entertained greater than your desire for godliness? Right? So often we make decisions based upon our desires. Our desires drive our actions. And so we need to examine our desires. Go back to the three-man swing. Why did I get on the three-man swing? It wasn't because I was dying to do it. It's because the day before, they did this Goliath thing, and I wasn't about to do that. Like, I knew I wasn't going to do the other thing with the pole. Like, I don't like heights. And so I was looking at the swing thinking, look, I don't want to be the only adult who doesn't do anything. So, right, I got a little bit of a man card. And so I was like, well, I'm going to do it, right? Just as certainly I won't get sick on this thing. And, right, so... Even that decision in my own life was kind of be driven by, you know, what are, the, what are these students going to think around me? Like, what are, what are people going to think? And so often our desires drive our actions, and they may not be the right kind of desire. And then, and then lastly, under these four steps was use wisdom. And they said wisdom is simply knowledge applied. Um, so students, I mean, you've already heard this if you went to camp, those of you who didn't get to go to camp. Begin to implement these things in your life. And then he talked about, like, this isn't everyday decisions, but then he talked about in these major decisions, like, where do I go to college? Who do I marry? What job do I take? He gave three steps for that, but the first one is so important, and I want you to write this down, and I want us to begin to, in all things, to begin to ask this question. And here it is. How can this decision maximize Christ's and the gospel. How can this decision maximize Christ and the gospel? So it's not ultimately about where do I want to go to school? Who do I want to marry? What kind of job do I want to get? It's God, in which school do you want me to go to? Is it your will so that I can maximize who Christ is and the power of the gospel in our life? And that is that is phenomenal that you and I would begin to live every day by asking, how can I, in my decisions, lift up and exalt Christ 
and point people to the power of the gospel because it is only through the power of the gospel that we can be saved. You know, while we were there, we get to worship a lot, and we worship every morning, every evening. And what I found as the week went on is that we pretty much sang the same songs over and over. Um, and I understand why we do that, because you could tell by Friday night, more and more kids were singing because they learned the songs, and they began to worship together. And, man, what a joy it is sometimes just to be quiet and, and listen to those around you. And I could hear multiple times the student behind me singing or the, one, the person next to me singing. And I, mean, I, would, I would just encourage my soul. But one song that we sang uh, that probably became my favorite song of the week is called Praise the King. Praise the King. I never heard it before, but, but I love the lyrics. And then I'm just going to pray. It says, there's a reason why the curse of sin is broken. There's a reason why the darkness runs from light. There's a reason why we stand here now forgiven. Jesus is alive. There's a reason why we are not overtaken. There's a reason we sing on through the night. There's a reason why our hope remains eternal. Jesus is alive. There's a reason why our hearts can be courageous. There's a reason why the dead are made alive. There's a reason why we share his resurrection. Jesus is alive. Praise the King, He is risen. Praise the King, He's alive. Praise the King, death defeated. Hallelujah, He's alive. Now look, man, we sing that song as the week would go on, people would begin to learn it more, and every time we come to that part where He's alive, you know what happened? Man, those students would just start clapping. Man, they would just spontaneously begin to celebrate that Jesus is alive. Why? Because in that moment, they understood that through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, everything about their life was changed. In that moment, they understand it. But those of you who have been to camp, you know what's likely to happen for many of those students. In that moment, man, they're excited they got this just rush of energy, and they're all in. It's Jesus. I'm giving my life to Jesus. And they come back, and slowly, they begin to kind of drift away, and they lose that fire. Why? Because of the decisions they make when they come back. Right? So when you, those students, those of you who went to camp, right, you're here. Those of you otherwise, get in the Word of God. Start there. Make that decision this morning. But I'm going to be more faithful to get in the Word of God. I want to be more faithful to pray. I'm going to be more faithful to gather and to worship and to sing. Right? However the Lord is leading you, it starts with those little decisions. Some of you need to make the decision this morning to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. You have never trusted Him, never believed in Him, never confessed your sins, never repented of your sins. Today's the day of salvation. That's the most important decision you will make your entire life. Because your eternity is dependent upon what you do with Jesus. That is the greatest decision you can make. And if you have never made the decision to follow Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, then I want you to make this decision this morning. I want you to give your life to Jesus, and then when the service is over, I want you to make the decision to come talk to me. Or if you know BJ better, go talk to Pastor BJ and to say, hey, I gave my life to Jesus this morning. Now what happens next? Where do we go from here? Make that decision. Give your life to Jesus uh, before we pray, let me just say one more word of just thanks to, our, to those who went, Brian and Alexa, uh, Morgan, Pastor BJ. Look, they, they, know, they know our students better, better than I did. We have an incredible, an incredible group of students. Um, man, they listened. They showed up on time. Uh, they were respectful. They were kind. It was an incredible week. Now, that is a huge testament to you as parents. Those of you who your kids went, I think that also speaks volumes to our church and to how well that you have poured into them from when they were little up until now. And I think that speaks and is a testament to those who are in leadership in our student ministry and Pastor BJ as well. And so, man, I had a joy. I had a lot of fun. It was a joy and, uh, and got to build relationships with our students. And I look forward to what God's going to do in their life. Let me pray. And then we're going to sing a couple verses of a song together. And then we'll, we'll end with another word of prayer. Father God, Lord, I know a lot has happened over these last three, four months. 
And because of, of several of those events, it went from our going to, to Fuge, in Fuge, to, to SWO. And uh, Lord, I believe that, that that was your providence and your sovereignty that allowed us to get a, a spot because this camp fills up so quickly. And, and Lord, our students were challenged with the gospel. And man, there was, there was the college students did a phenomenal job, the best that they could, just to pour into these kids and to be around them. And that was phenomenal. It was awesome to, to see that, to see our students grow. And, and Lord, I know a lot, of, a lot of kids couldn't go because of the change of the dates, and, and, and they kind of got left out. And, and Lord, I, I pray for them. God, you don't have to go to camp, man, just to know Jesus and love Jesus and, and follow Jesus. And so, God, I just pray that, that in their hearts you would encourage them as they continue to seek and to pursue a relationship with Jesus Christ. Lord, as we, as we sing this song together, Lord, help us just to worship you. To praise your name one last time this morning as we gather. You are a good, good God, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you just stand for a moment? Let's just sing together. On Jordan's stormy banks I stand and cast a wistful eye to Canaan's fair and happy land where my possessions I am bound for the promised land. I am bound for the promised land. Oh, who will come and go with me? I am bound for the promised land. When shall I reach that happy place and be forever blessed? When shall I see my father's face and in his bosom rest i am bound for the promised land i am bound for the promised land oh who will come and go with me i am bound for the promised land if you remain standing uh trip is our deacon of the week. He's going to come. While he's coming, let me remind you about voting for our deacons. And let me also say this. What was One thing that was really cool about camp this week is I saw up close and personal how you can still have fun but practice social distancing, wearing a mask where it's required, uh, washing your hands. You can still enjoy yourself. So look, as we move into the school year, as we have more people gather with us, it's very important that we're very wise there. That if you are sick, you stay home, or you just you take extra precautions. And one of those things is when the service is over, you make your way very quickly outside and carry on the fellowship out there. If we do those things, those small, yes, they may be a little minor inconvenience, I do believe that we can keep each other healthy um, and we can honor God in that as, as well. So Tripp, will you close us with a word of prayer? Let's pray. Dear Lord, we just... We come to you today in faith, in, in faith in your power to, to do all things to your good and your glory. We may not always know the wise, but we know the creator. We know the one that's the master of the universe. We know the one that we can have all comfort in. So we just ask for your peace and guidance in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.